0: Kristen, this week we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, revenge. Oh! I love thinking about revenge.
1: Isn't that a dish best served cold? It is. Oh, that's what I thought. Don't heat that up.
0: No, don't heat it up.
1: (laughs) Keep it nice. It'll
0: explode like metal in the microwave. (laughs) (laughs) And you know they say happiness is the best best revenge, and I know that's true, but I don't like to think that.
1: You don't want to live well is the best revenge. You want to live viciously and violently? Yes. Have you ever exacted revenge?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: oh, really? <laughs>
0: yeah. Do you want to you want to hear this story? Yes, I do. It's, it's it's yeah. Okay. So because when you're I lived so
1: nice, and I love it when you tell me awful things about yourself.
0: Well, when I lived in um, San Francisco, I lived in Lower Hate, which at the time was um, out of all the scuzzy neighborhoods you could pick to live in San Francisco, Lower Haight had to be the scuzziest, and I lived in a, a, a massive, crumbling, dank. Victorian house with a couple of heroin addicts and they kept stealing all my stuff they would break into my room steal my cds and i had no way to confront them because of course they'd just sell everything and shoot it up Mm -hmm. they'd eat all my food i got into big yelling matches with them but you know i could never like prove anything um I kept telling them not to eat my food. Don't eat my food. I had to shake them down for the utility bill. It was the whole thing was a complete nightmare. They kept eating my food. They kept eating my food. I told them not to. So finally, I bought a big thing of Coca Cola and a bottle of Ipecac, and oh, I put
1: oh, uh, oh, just like Anne of Green Gables,
0: <laughs> just like Karen Carpenter. That's where I got the idea. Oh, uh, and yeah. I dumped all the Ipecac in the Coke and then left it in the fridge. Now. Here's the thing. I have no idea if it ever worked. And also, who cares? They're heroin addicts. They throw up all the time. What do they care? <laughs> do you think they were kind of like, oh, no, I'm throwing up? And finally, I just realized what a stupid revenge plot that was. <laughs> God. So there's my, <laughs> there's my revenge plot. Oh, I love that. I know that, that it sounds really cowardly, but I was just – I was so tired of yelling at them. I didn't know what else to do. Um Anyway, so I you love can that. see, you I can, love that revenge story. You can see why I like revenge, <laughs> and we're going to talk about two movies that have to do with revenge: Brick Mansions, the new action film with Paul Walker, and The Other Woman, in which three women team up against a man. Uh, but uh, before we do that, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday,
1: and I'm Kristen Mines, our culture producer for The Takeaway, and this is Movie Date.
0: Get the big, let's get the big revenge one out of the way first, in which a man is looking for the man who killed his paw. Oh,
1: <laughs> don't do that. That's almost as bad as taking his woman. That's right. Yeah. That's right. On, on the list of bad things, don't take my daughter, don't take my woman, and do not kill my father. <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's, uh, we're going to tackle Brick Mansions. Uh, now, this is the new, uh, the new action film with Paul Walker, who died in November. This is going to be one of our last chances to see him. There is a new Fast and Furious coming out. Um, but that will be using a lot of uh, body doubles and CGI, uh, reportedly. Yeah. Uh, this is, I think, one of our last chances to see Paul Walker whole. He plays an undercover cop who goes into a walled-off, lawless ghetto in the middle of uh, decaying Detroit called Brick Mansions. He's looking for a drug, pi- uh, drug kingpin named Tremaine Alexander, played by Riza of the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, uh, supposedly, Tremaine has killed uh, Paul Walker's father uh, years ago. Paul Walker is now seeking revenge. He teams up with an insider in Brick Mansions named Lino, played by David Bell. Here's a clip. I spent my entire career trying to take down Jermaine. But he never leaves brick mansions and there's checkpoints everywhere. You know the routes around them. Yeah, but then what? You have no intel inside? No eyes? We have your eyes. Lino Dupree, French Caribbean expat. Spent most of his adult life in brick mansions. Knows it like the back of his hand. What's he locked up for anyway? Killed a cop. Now, a little backstory on this. This is from Luc Besson. It's based on a couple of Luc Besson movies. uh, uh, District B-13 and then there was a sequel... Uh, French films, this stars David Bell, who is one of the inventors, founders, popularizers at least of parkour, which is that gymnastic, urban, acrobatic style of movement that you've seen in other movies here and there, like in Born Ultimatum, uh, it's, it's popped up, um, Casino Royale, I think, had a little bit of it. You know it when you see it, when when someone is basically running up a wall and flipping off a ceiling and...
1: And flying out a window, Fly, out and a window. <laughs> jumping over your head while punching you and then twisting in the air and landing gracefully. Yes. So it's, beautifully.
0: It's really marvelous. And this and basically this film is built entirely around the parkour action scenes. So
1: let's talk about those. What did you think of those scenes? I was just blown away by them. I did not really know what to expect. I, You know, you and I both get told a lot, Ray, for before we see movies, this is all about the beauty of the martial arts. We hear this yes, a lot. Yes. And frequently, eh, it's so-so. Yeah. Martial arts, eh, it's fun. But I was just blown away by the first chase sequence in this movie. Yes. It's unbelievable. Running through the projects, jumping out windows from one floor to another, off this building onto that one, using the fire escapes, using all of the grungy things around him, including not just the buildings and the walls and the ceilings, but the other people in the scene yes. climbing over them. its It It just looks like it has to be special effects, but you know it's not. It, right, right. It's you, you, beautiful to watch.
0: Yeah, and, and, all, and that is all really David Bell, who... Uh, as an actor, I thought was kind of passable in this role. Yeah, I thought so,
1: too. Doesn't he look a little bit like Clive Owen to you? Tiny little Clive Owen. (laughs)
0: Okay, well, fair enough.
1: But I, I totally thought he was likable. Yeah, and I could just watch him all day do those kinds of stunts. I was amazed. It was yeah. beautiful to watch him.
0: It was really like it was. It was really like one of the first times I remember seeing uh, Jackie Chan. I, th- I think one of the first times I saw him was Drunken Master, or maybe Drunken Master Two, which is really just this amazingly beautiful physical acrobatic performance oh, yeah, from and Jackie the choreography Chan.
1: Choreography is unbelievable in that movie. Too. Yeah,
0: and th- and this one, um, you know, I'm not putting it on quite the same pedestal, but uh, those. those those chase scenes and those parkour scenes are are really incredible. Now, we should we should ask maybe Paul Walker. What do you think of Paul Walker? Were you ever a big fan?
1: I was never a big Paul Walker fan, but I do have to say watching this knowing who he is now, knowing how he died very young and unexpectedly a few months yeah. ago. Um you know, I was aware of that watching the movie and uh I I would have been curious to see if he would have lived longer, if he would have done something beyond the chase, chasing action movies sort of movies and had a lot of success. I would have been curious to see if he could have done that because while he's perfectly likable, I don't know if he's ever played roles with enough depth to even give me a glimmer of could he be – Better than this.
0: There's a movie he was in uh, not too long ago that never got a proper theatrical release, or at least not a wide one, called Ours. And it is really just him. He plays a guy who is trapped in a hospital during Hurricane Katrina, I think, trying to keep a baby alive. Oh, wow. There's some flashbacks, but really it's mostly just him. Just him. Um, I'm not going to recommend it, it's not, <laughs> not, not the greatest film. I don't know how much, uh, you know, actorly chops Paul Walker necessarily had, but he always was a really good action figure he had a a, he's got a good medium physicality athletic build he looks great pretty blue eyes he's got a nice face he was he always looked great in the fast and furious films i think he looks great in this one and really he fits the bill he fits the bill for that kind of action figure and you can kind of put yourself in his shoes Mm -hmm. in a way Do you know what i mean
1: yeah he's not built like schwarzenegger he actually seems kind of like a human right exactly but Can we talk a little bit about the plot of this movie, also? Oh,
0: you want to talk about the
1: plot? Is it worth talking about the (laughs) plot at all? Let's
0: do it. Yeah, because there are some interesting things in it. Actually,
1: I mean, mean, there is something to be said for embracing the ridiculous. I mean, this movie has a neutron bomb. It has a rocket. It has a Russian (laughs) involvement. It has. I love the neutron. It has a henchman who um, she's kind of sexually violent and only wears lingerie. Yeah, Reza.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and Mm
1: -hmm. yeah, not to be confused with Rizzo. Not to be right. I found that confusing too. I found that confusing too, even though his they name should have is named not her Teresa or something. They should have named her like, hey Jenny, something else. <laughs> Teresa.
0: <laughs> uh, Teresa. But, but,
1: but you know, the neutron bomb totally had me cracking up. Like, what? yes, where did this come from? But once the neutron bomb entered the picture, I kind of wished the whole movie was more ridiculous to be on the level of the neutron bomb. Yes, and um, the movie is ridiculous, but at that point. It had to be more ridiculous and be up to the level of the neutron bomb. I
0: yeah, think. well, it does have a lot of uh, you know typical Luc Besson touches, which is a lot of really colorful henchmen, um, a, a dumb a dumb plot, and um, you know when Luc Besson is kind of firing on all on all pistons, his stuff is just brilliant. You know, La Femme Nikita. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else? Well, the professional course. Yeah. Um, you know, when and when he's when he's really going going f- full guns, he's great. When he's not, things are a little bit less satisfying. And I found this a little bit less satisfying. But what I did find kind of fun was this idea of brick mansions as not just a ghetto, but kind of the ghetto, kind of ev- sort of the ghetto of every world where they they feel like second class citizens. It's very us against them, kind of a ninety nine percent stance of outrage from these guys and and I think what makes it work is Riza he has this kind of hip hop authenticity. So when he's saying stuff like cash rule everything around me. Oh
1: my gosh, the audience the went audience nuts. The audience just they goes went... <laughs> crazy. Although we do have to say RZA was in our audience when we saw Well, all right. It that's
0: true. So maybe maybe much of that, maybe much of the hoo ha was coming from RZA's entourage, but still there's something there's something about the way he delivers his lines and he delivers all these thug life monologues in the film that he he's convincing. He he puts it across and he's a lot of fun in this movie. He's really good, I think. Yeah. So you you liked that? I would say this was an okay date. <laughs> if you're if you're looking for a, just a, a dumbass action film with some good fighting in it and some a couple of flashy performances to pull you through, and you're not going to think too hard about logic or why exactly they kidnapped that girl because that doesn't <laughs> really make any sense. If you if you can overlook all that. It's kind of fun. And if you're a Paul Walker fan, I think it's really worth seeing.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I agree with you that it's it's an okay date. Yeah. <laughs> all right. But I, in addition to saying it's an okay date, can I just do a shout out to a listener here for a second? Yes. Okay. So we get a lot of listener mail. A lot of you wonderfully, we're so thrilled you guys do this, you write into our Facebook page, you call us on the movie date hotline. And every once in a while, you'll uh, rate us on iTunes. By the way, more of you should be rating us as awesome. Yeah. Uh, but here is somebody who rated us three stars out of five on Aww. iTunes. Copper Cod says, I don't think I've heard Kristen like a single action film on this podcast and then in all caps ever. <laughs> Kristen hates action films. Now, Copper Cod, I just want to point out to you from this conversation we just had about Brick Mansions. I don't hate all action movies. I just wish more of them were better. So this one was... Some are merely passable. Yes, this this one should have been more ridiculous. This one should have taken it to the next level. This was an okay date. It should have been more ridiculous.
0: There you go. More you action. Go. I think you wanted more action.
1: More action, more neutron bombs, more just <laughs> more people in lingerie with machine guns, the more, whole thing.
0: More Riza chopping up chili peppers and cooking mm. some stew.
1: Oh yeah, he yeah. loves chopping vegetables. He sure he does. Boy, he
0: can that. he can chop a vegetable with a meat cleaver like nobody's business. His mama taught him that. <laughs>
1: So, we move on to our next revenge movie
0: let 's Kristen tell us about the other woman
1: all right, so we 've all heard about this plot before. A woman is seemingly in a happy marriage with her husband, but no, her husband 's cheating on her in this case, the woman is played by Leslie Mann, and the other woman is played by Cameron Diaz. The two of them get to know each other, yes and then become something of uh, friends, you might say. And then before you know it, their friendship gets even more complicated when they realize he is cheating on both of them with yet another woman played by swimsuit model, kate upton who yes is in a swimsuit for most of this movie she sure is yes she sure is they begin the three of them teaming up spying on him thinking about other revenge possibilities and of course they find out he's cheating on all of them with other people as well so here's a clip of the movie that's not the point i don't do married guys i don't need to wreck someone's home for a date it's not always a wreck stan and i were married when we met we weren't
0: happy you wrecked two marriages. First of all, one of them was mine, so that doesn't count. I don't think that's how it works.
1: That is uh, actually Nicki Minaj giving yes. Cameron Diaz a talking to, because um, of all the women in this movie, Nicki Minaj might be the most fun, actually. Yes. <laughs> Nicki Minaj has these sassy lines. She plays the personal assistant of the high-power attorney, Cameron Diaz, who... Isn't afraid to tell it like it is. Yeah. So selfish people live longer.
0: That's her. <laughs> that's her motto. Which I like. I'm just going to tell you something. My mama told me. Selfish people live longer. <laughs> yeah. She gets some very good lines. She's a lot of fun, actually.
1: So it's a pretty straightforward plot, and. Uh, it's supposed to be a comedy, runs about two hours. but
0: When you just, say supposed to, <laughs> what what do you mean by that, Kristen?
1: I'm just going to say I thought it started off with some great potential, some great snap. I love a lot of the actresses in this movie, yeah. and I love a great female ensemble comedy. I wish right. there were more good ones out there. But unfortunately, I didn't feel like this was a nine to five. It was more of a, it was a movie that at times seemed to lose its footing and lost its snap and the scenes would sometimes drag out so long and the tone would be off so occasionally I actually wasn't laughing I was actually cringing and uncomfortable at certain moments watching it
0: yeah there are some I think the film doesn't understand what it's trying to do and I think I think you're right first of all the the the, the initial meeting between Leslie Mann the wife and uh, Cameron Diaz the mistress who by the way doesn't Realized that she was the mistress. She didn't know that uh, Mark, her boyfriend, played by um, Nikolai Coster-Waldau. I hope I'm pronouncing that <laughs> name right. He's from Game of Thrones. But Carly didn't realize that she was cheating on anyone. She just thought he was single guy and the best boyfriend ever. And the best boyfriend ever. And so when the wife and the mistress meet, it's this odd relationship. You know, here we are, wife and mistress. How weird. But then they meet again, and then they meet again. Mm-hmm. And then they meet again, and there are about four. Wow, isn't this weird? Scenes, and I kind of feel like you know you can't you can really only do that once. Why do we keep playing this scene for the Mm, same for the same joke over and over? And it takes up like a good ten to fifteen minutes of the movie. Then you've got the Amber character, which is Kate Upton's character, the boobalicious you know younger woman type. And I guess you know so there's a there's a there's a clip in the in the trailers where. They're plotting their revenge, and Amber, who's the, the, the dumb bimbo character, says, why don't we kick him in the balls? And Cameron Diaz says, I like, I like how your brain works, but I'm thinking of something bigger. But it turns out they're not really thinking of anything <laughs> bigger at all. All they do is this kind of, this really lame, what they do is what I did to my heroin addict roommates. <laughs> they just do stupid stuff, like they put Nero in his shampoo, and of course the laxative in his scotch, and hormones in his smoothie, and I kind of feel like... But you are thinking really small, if this is a female empowerment comedy, do something bigger and and also you know like like any good movie like this, like nine to five, like maybe like a First Wives Club or something like that make me make me see what 's unfair about this sexist world, not just that your husband is a philandering kind of borderline sociopath type right like he, like he, he's he 's a like a sociopathic liar almost and here 's my other big objection. It's lame that the mistresses weren't aware that he was married. This movie would have had a lot more teeth if they had not let, let the women off the hook.
1: Well, one of the mistresses knew that he was married.
0: But she was told that he was going through a divorce and that oh, his wife was true. cheating on him. Yeah. And so she was fed that line. They're all innocent. And I, I don't f- – that's a unicorn that character, the innocent mistress, that's not – tell me the last time you – tell me Tell me how many extramarital affairs you know of where the where the mistress was totally dumbfounded that her boyfriend was married. That's not how things work. That's not how things work in the real world. This movie doesn't take place in the real world and therefore it doesn't it, – there are no tables to be turned. You don't get a lot of joy out of seeing the man get his comeuppance. He just seems like kind of like a, a psychotic of some kind. He's just a con man, con artist, not – not malehood, and the mm, and the women see what you're don't seem like they're succeeding in any way. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So it, I felt like it really. I mean, I, you know, and also just to go to your point, the comedy is just lame. The the, oh. the, the 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 routines are not funny,
1: and it didn't need to be a two-hour movie. No, it, it's just too long. And you're right, repetitive at times. Yeah. And yeah, it's just too bad. I wanted it to be better. I did. It just wasn't a great date. I think I'm it's sorry. pretty bad. I'm yeah. gonna say bad date. Uh gosh go see nine to five instead totally movie's right? great that yeah.
0: that is a great movie and that was a movie that was shorter and had bigger issues that managed to pack it all in the major
1: right? major issues that and it's still very timely yes yes but shall we move on to some movie therapy rafer let's okay so this week we have a movie therapy question coming from california let's play it this is mary from los angeles hi rafer and Kristen, and i have a movie therapy question for you My friend and I are going to Budapest, Vienna, and Prague in October, and what movies can we watch between now and then to put us in the proper frame of mind to get us ready for all we want to see and do over there? Thank you. Love the show. All right,
0: Mary. Mary. From from my old stomping grounds. (laughs) The L.A.
1: Mary, we hope you have a great time on this trip. Rafer and I have both spent some time in most of these places. Yep. Budapest, Prague, Vienna. I've been in all those places. Rafer's been to most of them. Yes. And, uh, And I love that you want to see movies to prepare you for this trip. I'm somebody who does the same thing. I like to read books and see movies right before I go on a trip just to get myself in the mood, to... Get some ideas of where I want to go, to get some history and so on. So let's go through your list of locations. Uh, Should we start with Budapest, Rafer? Yes. So, Kristen, what's your Budapest pick? So Budapest is a little bit complicated. It's a tough one. It's a tough one, partly because Budapest is frequently used as a shooting location but then in the movie they'll say it's something else entirely. It's like the
0: Toronto of Europe.
1: Yeah. So, for example, Anna Karenina, a movie that we both love, starring Keira Knightley. A lot of that was shot in Budapest. But uh-huh. no, the whole movie takes place in Russia, according to the right. plot. <laughs> right. And, I did not know um, it was shot in Budapest. Yeah, and Being Julia, another movie I just loved. Uh, Being Julia again, it's uh, shot in Budapest, but that one's supposed to be taking place in the London theater scene. So, right. Um, uh, Budapest does, by the way, have great theaters. Beautiful. Go to that opera house there. But a movie that might help you to really just appreciate the beauty of Budapest and not disguising itself as another place is a movie called Sunshine from 1999. This is not the Danny Boyle one. This is the one from 1999 starring Ray Fiennes. And he plays three different characters, three different men in the same family over the course of several generations. So you actually get to see Hungry at different times, through different historical lenses and here's a clip of the movie never allow yourself to be driven into the sin of conceit conceit is the greatest of sins the source of all other sins never give up your religion not for god god is present in all religions but if your life becomes a struggle for acceptance you'll always be unhappy religion may not be perfect but it is a well-built boat that can stay balanced and carry you to the other
0: shore Good going, Dr. Meinzer. Deep research on that.
1: One other movie I just want to throw out there. It doesn't actually get shot in Budapest, but The Shop Around the Corner is my favorite Budapest movie. It's all shot on an L.A. soundstage, but but it all takes place in Budapest. And unlike most movies in foreign countries made by U.S. filmmakers, nobody has a British accent.
0: Ah, that's refreshing. It's
1: Jimmy Stewart, just talking like Jimmy Stewart, (laughs) but he's supposed to be playing a Budapest guy. Ah. Anywho, let's move on to one of your other cities, Mary. You said Vienna's also on your travel list. Rafer, what do we have to say about Vienna?
0: Well, we chose Before Sunrise, which is the movie that kicked off the Ethan Hawke, Julie Delpy series. Uh, They play a couple who meet on a train uh, coming into Vienna. He decides uh, he's he's a young poet, wannabe writer type. She's gorgeous French girl he decides uh, to make his move and convince her to spend the day with him in Vienna here's a clip so listen here's the deal this is what we should do you should get off the train with me here in Vienna and come check out the town what? come on it'll be fun (laughs) <laughs> what would we do? Um, I don't know. All I know is I have to catch an Austrian Airlines flight tomorrow morning at nine thirty, and I don't really have enough money for a hotel, so I was just gonna walk around, and it'd be a lot more fun if you came with me. And if I turn out to be some kind of psycho, you know you just get on the next train. This is uh one of my favorite movies, and I think What? Such... One of your favorites it is. It's, wow. it's such a magical, magical film, and it's great because of course they are Tourists in Vienna. Um, so you can really, and if you if you do a little research on the internet, by the way, you will find w- w- like mapped out walking tours of the before sunrise Vienna. But they go to all the places that you're probably going to go. That's that's the Westbahnhof station where they disembark. Um, they go to the uh, Albrecht Monument where uh, Ethan Hawke recites a little bit of W. H. Auden to impress the Julie Delpy character. Um, They go to a a lot of clubs and bars and cafes, which may or may not be there. But some of them are Uh, Cafe Sperl, which is a a famous uh, uh, cafe that's popped up in movies here and there. That's been around forever. That's still there. The park, the most magical scene in the film is where they spend a night in the park, and I won't say what happens exactly, but they, they spend this lovely, lovely night outdoors in the park. The park, I believe, is gone, mm. but just about everything else in that movie is there, and you could retrace their steps pretty accurately for through um, before sunrise. So that is our Vienna pick.
1: The last dose of medicine for what ails you, Prague. So – Right for you and I, we we love Prague. Oh yeah, we did it. Prague's fantastic. We, did it we were back there in back in, the, in day. the days when it was eleven cent beer <laughs> and everybody. It was the cool place to go to. Oh yeah. Um, I wonder if we ever crossed paths in our backpacking. Days, yeah, Rafer. I wonder. We probably did at some point. Anywho, so Prague once again, like Budapest, by the way, lots of movies have been shot there. Being disguised as other places. But I have a couple of recommendations. Uh, One, The Unbearable Lightness of Being. Of course. Which is the Prague movie. And who doesn't love Daniel Day-Lewis? Of course. Daniel Day-Lewis is fantastic in this movie, as he's always fantastic. Watch it. It'll give you, in addition to some really racy sex scenes, some just history and some context for what Prague is, where it was, and why it is the way it is now. Here's a clip of that.
0: Are you only searching for pleasure?
1: Or is every woman in Newland whose secrets you want to discover? Maybe the very smallest, unimaginable details. Tiny things that make one woman totally unlike any other. And in addition to that, Rafer and I just wanted to throw out one last prog. Recommendation for you the music video Never Tear Us Apart by In Excess because that was <laughs> In Excess. All, yes. That was my first stadium concert, by the way, I ever. Oh, went wow. To. Was, Is that right? Yeah, the kick tour, In Excess.
0: Oh, boy. That was right at the peak of it. Oh,
1: loved them. Michael loved Hutchins. Them.
0: He was a rock star, man. He
1: was great. He, he was, was the great. real deal. And that music video, you'll look at it and you'll think, oh, Prague. I want to lay in that cemetery. I just want to lay there and drink <laughs> some champagne and uh be sullen and wear all black. Yes. And lip sync. And lip sync. You'll wanna do it too. You'll wanna walk in slow motion by the by the gravestones. Awesome. <laughs> so that's our prescription. Listeners, we wanna remind you you can always call us for some movie therapy. That's at 5717movies. Let us know what ails you. Uh, Ask us any question at all. And with absolutely no medical expertise, just our love of movies, we'll recommend something for you to watch to help you through what you need help with.
0: All right. So let's go to trivia. Now, last week we were talking about movies that depicted the afterlife. Pretty common theme in movies. Everyone's fascinated by the afterlife and everyone likes to imagine what it's going to look like. We chose one movie. Uh, Here's a clip.
1: So, is this what you thought it would be? Thought what would be? Where am I? Is it hell? Actually, there is no hell. Although I hear Los Angeles is getting pretty close.
0: We asked you to name that movie about the afterlife, and here is the correct answer. Hi, I'm Karen Philo from Sacramento, California. The movie
1: trivia this week is one of my favorite movies, Defending Your Life. With Meryl
0: Streep and Albert Brooks, love your show.
1: Thank you. Bye bye. Yes, way to go. Wow, Karen, great job. Thank you so much for calling us. And we want to remind listeners: every week we get lots and lots of responses. We just randomly pick one right answer from the many calls and uh, notes that you send us. So call us. Write us at Facebook dot com slash Movie Date Podcast.
0: No, and- don't do that. Call us at five seven one seven Movies.
1: Still visit us on Facebook, despite oh, that. Just become Facebook friends all for us. Right. Yeah, because sometimes we'll put pictures up and stuff and do other things. But this week's trivia question in honor of revenge movies, we're going to play a clip of a revenge scene from a movie, and we're going to ask you to tell us what this clip is from. Tell us the movie this clip is from.
0: Hello. My name is Geneva Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. If you know, call us at 5717-MOVIES. Or,
1: even though Rafer doesn't want me to say this, you can go to facebook.com slash moviedatepodcast.
0: She underestimated just who she was <laughs> stealing from. She's not a saint, and she's not what you think. She's an actress.